to The Wow, the podcast that will provide you with the tools you need to thrive in today's society. If you're new here, then hello, I'm Georgina Beasley, your host, and if you've listened before, then welcome back. Outside of hosting this podcast, I work in the suicide prevention space in a marketing and communications role in Canberra. I spend too much time socialising at the dog park with my lovely border collie Murphy and enjoy pizza on the couch with a glass of wine most Friday nights. But today I am finding out the secrets that make up a good night's sleep from sleep coach Cheryl Fingelson. Whether you suffer from a busy mind, getting to bed on time or prioritizing rest, this episode is bound to fill you with useful knowledge. Cheryl is incredibly caring and passionate and shares a very personal story about why helping others with sleep is so important to her. I thoroughly enjoyed this episode with Cheryl. So if you feel the same way, please remember to subscribe, leave a review, share it with all of your friends. And if you haven't already, you better come join us on Instagram at the wow podcast underscore. Hello, Cheryl, and welcome to the wow podcast. Hi, it's so lovely to be here with you and all the listeners. Welcome to them all. (laughs) I'm looking forward to having a very interesting conversation with you about sleeping habits today. But before we delve into that, I would like to give a quick acknowledgement of country. So I'd like to begin by acknowledging the Ngunnawal people, the traditional custodians of the land I reside on here in Canberra, and the Dugra people of the country that Cheryl resides on up in Sydney. I pay my respect to their elders past, present and emerging, and I extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners here today. So Cheryl, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to join us. I know you're in Sydney lockdown, so my thoughts uh, do go out to you during this tough time. But would you like to share a little bit about yourself and your story with our listeners? Thank you. And once again, thank you very much for inviting me because sleep is such an important part of our living. And so many people take it for granted. So I'll give you a little bit about my story and how I got into studying sleep and taking it to the next level. I had my first child. Well, first of all, when I was 12, my father passed away, which was a huge thing for me. But I, at that time, found I had to support my mother. I had two other siblings, but I support. So I just carried on. I missed him terribly. There was a big void, but I carried on with my life. I then got married. And in 1972, I had my first son. Then four years later, I had my next son. And then four years later, I fell pregnant again. And the first time I went to the doctor, they said everything was fine. The next time I had the scan, they said, you're having twins. Well, this was the happiest day of my life. The biggest shock, biggest shock, but oh my gosh, I was so happy. Anyway, about two weeks later, I started going into labor, which was much, much too early. I was only about 25 weeks. 
So I was like, okay, now I'm going to get my babies. And I was rushed into hospital and told, no, we've got to try and keep these babies in as long as possible. Anyway, unfortunately, I went into early labor and these two little boys were born. They were both under a kilo. The one little boy, um, Mark, had a heart um, defect and he was rushed off to intense. They were both in intensive care, but he was rushed off to another hospital where they dealt with serious things. And the other twin was kept in ICU. To cut a very long story short, Mark, which was the younger one, had heart surgery. He at that stage was the youngest baby they'd ever, ever worked on. But Clive eventually came home and we of course loved him. He was the most precious little boy, but I was running between hospitals and hospitals until Clive was home. And then of course I had to look after the babies. Anyway, on the 12th of November, 1984, um, Mark just could not fight any longer and um, pneumonia took over. And unfortunately, he passed away at six and a half months. So we, of course, it was a huge thing, but we had Clive and we built our little family of three boys and my husband and myself. And we got on with our life. And two years later, so two and a half, Clive was two and a half, he tragically died as well. Mm. So it was the hugest, hugest shock to the family. And all that was happening is from the one twin to the other twin, I was running on adrenaline because at this stage, all I wanted to do was protect my other two boys. I wanted to protect them from everything I physically could protect them from. And as a result, I wasn't sleeping. I would wake up early morning. I would do go to bed late at night. Just I could not sleep. So what would happen? The doctors would give me sleeping pills, which then you wake up and you're groggy and you're still not sleeping properly. So as a result, I landed up with a thyroid problem, but not realizing what was pushing me towards this. And we carried on and eventually we immigrated to Australia and that's about 33 years ago. When I got here, I had terrible, terrible migraines, terrible pains. Anyway, we eventually found out that I had SLU, which is lupus, which is an autoimmune disease, which is most definitely caused from a lack of sleep, as a lot of things are because we need our body to repair. And then I realized nobody ever told me, you know, or nobody ever asked me, are you sleeping? It was only when I said, I'm lying awake at night. Of course, I was getting depressed. All these terrible things were happening. And I had a very unhappy husband who didn't want to be in Australia at that time. I had two children who weren't happy because they had left all their friends behind. And I was focusing on them and forgetting about me. Mm. 
And it's back to that same story I'm sure you've heard. First put the mask on you and then worry about other people. But no, I was putting the mask on everybody and in the process crumbling myself. Mm. So I realized this was a major problem. Then my son got married, the first son, and he had a baby. And again, I noticed nobody ever said, Mum, you must sleep as well, because if you don't, you don't have your milk, you're not okay for the baby, blah, blah. Nobody taught the babies how to sleep. And I realized this is so important. So our question is, what is the importance of sleep? Mm-hmm. And I want to help your listeners understand that sleep comes first. Everything else comes after. As important as it is to drink water and eat and breathe, so important is it to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I would love to answer any questions that people have on their problems of sleep. But first, I would like to help them understand so that it does make it easier for them. So we have four things. There's four pillars to our lives. I always say sleep first, but if you speak to a nutritionist, they'll say foods first. (laughs) And if you speak to an exercise physiologist, they'll say exercise. (laughs) So those are our four pillars. If we can tick those four, so I'll say sleep, good mental health, nutrition, and exercise. And even more so now with all the stress of COVID and everything that's going on. So if we can cover those four pillars, we are doing pretty well. Now, Why is sleep so important? Sleep is important because while we're sleeping, so many things happen, which I will go into. But what does happen and start breaking away is our alertness during the day. Because while we're sleeping, we're energizing our bodies. Inflammation in our bodies, that is what happened to me. I wasn't getting enough sleep. So my body wasn't healing. Um, Stress, so much stress happens when we're not sleeping. So then the deficiency of sleep gives us a state of stress because now we're not sleeping, so we stress. So what happens is we get a stress hormone being released. Um, Depression, so many people, you know, either they wake or they say they're depressed, or they sleep deprived. With depression, what happens there, the chemical in our body is released, and it's not given time to heal, and the serotonin is is, um, sort of released, and loss of weight, or gain of weight, because we get so tired that we think if we can eat, we'll feel stronger. So... There's so many of these things that we don't realize are impacted by this. You'll hear there's people that get diabetes. I mean, I can name a number of things that sort of result in the lack of sleep. 
So we want to know what is a good night's sleep. Yeah. So what we need to know is there are four stages of sleep. And I would like to just briefly explain it so that we do understand why we need to go into a deep sleep. Now, every sleep cycle is 90 minutes. So as an adult, we need to have between seven to nine hours sleep a night. Now, I know that you may be younger and you may be able to run on six to seven hours, but I wouldn't like you to do that constantly. So try and aim for your seven to nine hours. That's what we need to repair. So if you divide 90 by that, you'll see how many sleep cycles we have. Now, through every sleep cycle, we have different stages. So there's four stages. Everything seems to be four. We've got four pillars. Now we've got four stages. So we have non-REM sleep and REM sleep. Now, I'm sure everybody's heard these words, so they're not unfamiliar to you. So we go through different stages, and non-REM stage is the first stage that we go to. Now, that stage is when we're in a light sleep, and you sort of can hear people around you, or you hear noises, but you don't let them phase you. So that's our first stage of sleep. It's a light sleep. The second stage is a moderate sleep where we start going deeper and that's 30 to 45 minutes we're in that stage. And at that stage, we will find that our blood pressure and everything starts to drop. And it's the active stage, you know, where your hand goes or your arm and you feel your leg kick or you think, oops, I've fallen down the stairs. Oh, that's how I wake up sometimes. Like I feel like you're tripping and you wake yourself up. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, am I okay? Yeah, so that's that stage of sleep. So we're not quite there yet, but we're on our way down there. And usually from that you can carry on and get into your third stage which is your non-REM sleep again so that's the third stage now that's the important stage of our sleep so this is when we go into a nice deep sleep and that's when we become more relaxed our heart rate slows down the sensitivity to light diminishes and it becomes more difficult to wake up And that's why I will always say to you, if you're going to have a rest, rest for 10 to 20 minutes because you never fall into that deep sleep. So when you wake up, you're still alert and okay. If you go for longer, you go into the sleep. You wake up and you're groggy. Oh, my gosh. Uh, So much sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I never understood that. But like, yeah, when I have naps longer than like half an hour, I wake up and I just feel so good. Yeah, Yeah. you know, it's just not not what you want. So this is the stage where you go down to there. And um, this is where, as I say, you don't want to be in that sleep for too long. 
this is the stage where lots of things start to repair. The brain cells that you're not using get pruned. The hormones are released in our body to start helping fix depression, various illnesses, things like that. And um, that's where we really want to be into a nice deep sleep. And then the fourth stage is our REM sleep. That's the stage where if you watch somebody, their eyes will start going like this and you think, (laughs) (laughs) that's that stage. So this is the stage that we start to dream in. Now, often you wake up and you think, was that a dream or was that real? So this is the stage where we dream because what's happening, so we've gone down, 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 and now we're starting to come up and out of it. And if we are doing well, we start going down again without us knowing and come up. So we don't come out of it completely. But when we come out, this is the stage where you feel you cold and you pull your blanket on or your pillow's fallen off, or your dog snuggling in and taking up your space. And then you move it and you go back to sleep and you may not even remember in the morning. You just fix yourself up. So those are the four different stages that we really need to go through to be able to know that our body is really, really healing. Mm. It's, I mean, isn't that funny that I'm 25 and I'm only really learning about this now as talking to you, Cheryl? No, <laughs> no, honestly, it's not because I talk to adults, I talk to grandparents, I talk to so many people. Nobody understands that this actually, those four cycles you have to go through. And it's just so important that we do continue learning that we really do need sleep yeah absolutely like like what you said it's 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 such a core thing that makes up being human like it's what we need to do to function and I would like to just thank you as well for sharing your story it is it's a it's a very horrible thing to have to anyone to have to go through. So uh, it's really courageous of you to be using, you know, what you've been through to help other people with their sleep. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing that you have the courage to do that. So thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit more about, you know, what, what can we do to have a good sleep? So you've mentioned these stages. Is there things that we can do in preparation for sleep that can help us enter these stages, you know, more effectively so we can have that deeper sleep that you're talking about? Okay. So lifestyle is very important. Very important. Now, I'm not saying don't go and have fun during the day. Don't go out at night not at all. I'm not saying that. I'm saying do whatever you want to do. But when it comes to nighttime, we do need to know that we need to have some sort of routine. So what, there's a couple of things that are very important. Again, there's four very important things. One is your sleep window. One is drowsy but awake. The next one is routine. And the fourth one 
is consistency. Now, why are those important? Your sleep window is from the time we feel tired to the time we overtired. Does that make sense? So you know how sometimes you feel tired and then you just carry on working? What happens is melatonin is released in our body, which is our sleep hormone, which I call the Dracula hormone because it only comes out at night. <laughs> so that Dracula hormone is what helps us go to sleep. Now, generally speaking, and of course there's no fixed and hard rule, but it's just something for us to think about. Our biological clocks are about 10.30. That is roughly the time with it getting dark and us, our bodies getting ready. It's 10.30 is bedtime. Now you watch yourselves and you'll see yours maybe 9, 9.30 because you've had a hard day and you've got up early. So that all changes things um, and makes a big difference to what time you're going to bed. But you will see there's a dip, a dip in the way you feel. Now, our circadian rhythm is what helps us dip and get ready for bed. Now, it's really important that we get out in the sunlight because our body needs to know the difference between day and night. So we want to get out in the light because that helps um, everything adjust to being at the correct time. So what we do is when we're feeling tired, we then head for the bedroom. We don't do what's so easy to do is sit and watch TV and fall asleep. Mm -hmm. So you may only sleep for 10 minutes and you think it's only 10 minutes, but then you get ready for bed. And that 10 minutes has just topped up your sleep tank that little bit. Then when it gets you're not tired bedtime, mm. you just can't go to sleep. So ideally, that's when we should be heading for the bedroom because we've peaked and it's time for us to go to bed. But what happens is we don't. And then from being tired, we become overtired. And then instead of our melatonin, our sleep hormone being released, what happens is we get a hormone called cortisol being released, which acts as adrenaline, which sends your body going. Now, I was running on adrenaline 24-7. That's why my body never had a chance to heal. So if you feel that adrenaline setting in, you become overtired. Now, it won't happen every night because you will get to bed earlier. But that adrenaline kicks in and what you may call or your mother or father has said, oh, you see now you've got your second wind. What happens is it kicks in and it gets you to the next stage. And then you can carry on doing what you're doing. But when you want to get to bed, you really battle. You mm. toss and you turn. Or you fall asleep very quickly and then you wake up. So you sleep for one or two hours and you wake up. So what's happened is that adrenaline's in your body and it's not allowing you to go into a nice deep sleep. So it messes up 
your sleep pattern. But once every now and then, doesn't make a difference. So that is the drowsy but awake. Okay. Then I said um, we've got the routine, consistency, and that's your sleep window and drowsy but awake. Your routine is very important. So it's good to do the same thing every night, dinner, relax, do whatever you're doing. If you bath or shower, bath or shower, head for the bedroom, turn the lights down or read for a bit and turn the lights down. Obviously, we want to keep away from blue light because that gets our brain waves going. And also, if you watch something that's very upsetting, it keeps you thinking of it instead of relaxing. Another very big thing is we want to keep our bedroom a safe haven. So what we want to do is try and keep it tidy. Now, I know that teenagers and young ladies don't feel that it's important to worry about that. You know, we can always do it another day. But if you're the type of person who likes things organized and you've got a heap of papers that you've got to do or an assignment or an assessment for uni or work or something that's lying there, you actually are not going to relax because you're going to see it and think, mm, I must do it, I must do it. Or if there's things you've got to do that are lying, take them out your room or put them where you can't see them. So when you go to bed, everything looks nice and peaceful and ready to have you, you know, go into bed. The last one is consistency. If you consistently do it the same, your body gets used to it. So um, I think that in, let's see if there are any questions and then I can go into a bit more of what's important with routine uh, in the next segment. What do you think? I think that sounds really good. So we do have three questions from our listeners today, Cheryl. They were very excited to have you on. <laughs> so the first one is from Annabelle, and she's interested about how she can break out of a late sleeping pattern. She's not going to bed at a reasonable hour that she would like to, and she's finding that's a pattern that's keeping her up until a certain time where she can't fall asleep till. So how do you break out of those kind of patterns? Um, very important, we go back to those four, the, the four things that I mentioned, drowsy but awake, sleep window routine. So what I would like her to do is get herself into a good routine. So move everything forward and every night do the same thing. So it's no good going to bed too late because what happens is you just can't relax because the adrenaline's in your body. So if we have our dinner, then go into the lounge room, do some reading or a hobby or something that isn't too active, then if she's going to shower or bath, head there, or if she doesn't, put her PJs on, brush her teeth, do those normal things, head for the bedroom and read rather than watch TV. And most 
definitely not look at her phone just before she goes to bed because that gets your, your mind going. So what's the advice I give her? Routine, but shift everything forward. Make sure you get out during the day so that we're getting the light to um, help her with her circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. That's great. The next question is from a listener who will remain anonymous. And she's asking about calming blankets. They're a bit of a craze at the moment. They're the weighted blankets that are being advertised to help with sleep and anxiety. She's wondering, are they a worthwhile investment? Do, do they help us when it comes to sleep? Good question. Um, usually the weight blankets are used with for people, especially children, with sensory problems. So a sensory problem is somebody who the label irritates, noise irritates. The normal thing that people don't even notice and don't worry people, worry people with sensory problems. Now, what it does is it weights you down. So what would I say? First, weight yourself down with a couple of blankets and see if you're getting any results. And then if you are, try. But see what your problem is first. So if it's a stress problem, it would be great if we could delve down into that a little bit. Is it work you're not happy with that you're bringing home? Is it your home life that's a problem? Let's see where that problem is. And maybe we can help with that, which then will help with your sleep. Because it's the underlying things that we want to get right. So what I say is sit down, see what it is that's stopping you. And yes, definitely try putting things on if you think that'll help. But there's no real miracle cure if there is the other problem there. Mm -hmm. The last question is also from a listener who remained anonymous and they're curious to know um, some advice around sleep apnea and yeah, ways to help if that is something that you're battling with. Okay, so this is my question and that's why it's very hard for me to answer directly. So I'm not beating around the bush as such. Is it sleep apnea? Or is it sleep deprivation? Now, I have a lot of clients phoning me and saying they've got sleep apnea. And when we delve down into it, what it really is, is sleep deprivation. So have you been diagnosed with sleep apnea? And if you have, you definitely, there are amazing things that can help you. Mouth guards. Um, depending where you are, I can refer you to people, or obviously the CPAP is, is good. There are various things to help you with sleep apnea. But if it's sleep deprivation, then we need to look at your sleep pattern and see where we're missing that little link. Because What happens, for example, we have a sleep tank and every 24 hours we would like to fill it. But what happens, which happened to me and could be happening to other people, it's never filling. It's just sitting here hovering. So we're running on adrenaline. So 
we're so sleep deprived that it doesn't matter what we do, we're sitting there. So there's two, two things, sleep apnea, medical, sleep deprivation, we definitely can help. So we need to find out what it is. That uh, sleep tank that you're just talking about there, I just have a quick side question I wanted to ask you. Um, Please. Yeah. Please. Can you make up a sleep deficit? Like, for example, if you don't sleep very well, um, let's say I didn't have a good night's sleep last night. If I have a nap today, will that make up for the sleep that I've lost? It will definitely help. Mm-hmm. Um, sleep, the, this is one of the points I'd like to bring up. Unfortunately, as I said, we've got four most important things. When we are so stressed with work and we've got so much to do, the first thing we cut back on is sleep. So instead of seven hours, uh, we'll have five because I've got to get it done. We don't stop eating. We don't stop breathing. And we don't stop drinking water. We do all those, but our sleep we cut back on. And the biggest problem is those two hours that you've cut back on your sleep, you are so unproductive. It's taking you twice or three times as long to do what you're doing, where if you would have gone to bed, the next day you would have zipped through it in no time. So to answer your question, try not to cut back because of whatever. And yes, you can have a nap, but try and keep it to your under 45 minutes. So I find with my autoimmune, some days I just have to do nothing just for a short time. And honestly, If I'm going to see a client, I sometimes go early and just sit in my car for 10 minutes and do nothing. Just sit. And it's amazing how it just gives you that extra bit of energy to be able to carry on. So shift workers and people that are short of sleep, people that are working long hours, if you can go into the boardroom just put your head on the table for 10 or 20 minutes, you will be surprised how it gives you that little bit of boost. If you're going to sleep and it's got to be longer, make sure it's before between three and four because otherwise it will impact your sleep at night. Good to know. Move on a little bit more to talk about routine. You've mentioned it, obviously, in the first half of um, our interview, but could you chat about a little bit more about, you know, how we can use our routine to optimize our sleep and why it's so important and some other recommendations in that space? Okay. So routine is ultimately important because our body gets Um, attuned to what we do. Now, talking about myself, I know that every night I shower and, sorry, that's wrong. I first take my pills, I then shower, I then get ready for bed and do whatever, okay? If during that process my husband calls me 
and, you know, I go out and I talk to him and I come back. Like, did I take my pills? Didn't I? You know, so you do things without subconsciously. Now, all of a sudden, you've got to stop and think. And that's what we want. We want this subconscious to take over so we know after we've had our dinner, which isn't too late, we then sit and talk or do whatever, watch a movie. We then shower, get ready for bed. Now, what good things? What I would like you to know with your routine, it is essential we don't do heavy exercise before bedtime. We sleep well when our body temperature drops. When we exercise, we're lifting our body temperature. So a good body temperature for your bedroom is around 21. Very often, if your bed is too hot, like you've got an electric blanket on or something like that, you'll find it very difficult to fall asleep. So it's always easier to go to sleep cooler than it is overheated. So I would like you to keep your safe haven, no mess around your room, no TV at bedtime, no looking at that last email to see what they did because what happened, that focus is in and you're thinking of everything that you've got to do the next day. And if it was an email or SMS that was disturbing, you've got that which makes it very difficult to fall asleep. We want the room to be dark so that it's dark and cool and we're not getting light in. Obviously, you do need some air in your room, some circulation. The other thing that... Um, very often people don't understand, they will have a whiskey or wine before dinner. A little nightcap. A little nightcap, and it helps you relax. Yes, it does, but then you wake up. So what happens, the sugar in the alcohol is there, and you know what it's like. You'll, you'll feel like a chocolate. We'll go and eat the chocolate and you think, oh, great, that's it. Well, once I've had one chocolate, I may as well have another. Because yeah, or eat the whole block, satisfy. why not? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't satisfy you, so it has more. So what happens with alcohol is it gets us into that adrenaline stage rather than the, the relax. So, yes, one glass of wine is fine, but it's those other glasses that do the problem. When you go out at night, of course, you can have wine. Of course, nobody's saying don't do those things. If it's one night or two nights, you get back into your routine. That's fine. So you want to be careful about coffee, all these caffeine, things like that. You don't want to have at night when um, that is going to do the opposite to what we want to. Yes, you can do yoga, you can do some meditation, all those type of things are great. It's really good to listen to a podcast that's relaxing when you go to sleep. Um, you can do breathing. There's great breathing exercises I've got that help 
you know, relax you and go to sleep. So your daily exercise you want to do before bedtime rather than just before bedtime. Um, so read a book, take your warm bath, uh, listen to music, do gentle stretching if that's what you like doing, your favorite hobby, read a book that or listen to a book, whatever it is. Um, simply get ready for the next day if you're that type of person. Dim the lights and try and relax. So no blue lights, no caffeine, none of those things that are going to really get you going that um, you don't really want to hype you up rather than relax you. Um, if you're hungry at night, good things to eat are like a turkey sandwich or it's great to have a smoothie, banana smoothie, something like that that's more natural rather than going to anything that's, you know, going to be heavy. High like sugar, yeah. High sugar, things like that. Obviously, um, uh, any chamomile tea, any herbal tea is good. Then again, you've got the problem, don't drink too much because otherwise <laughs> you'll need to get up and have the bathroom. Get up and go to the <laughs> toilet. So you know your body, mm. you know. Um, when you're young, your, your bladder's still okay. So maybe you can have a drink like that. But as you get older, we sort of watch a little bit of the, of the bladder type thing. But yes, so um, let's let's really make a routine that works for you. That's the important thing. If it works for you, you will be able to keep to it. So consistency is honestly the key thing to you, you know, keeping keeping going and being able to keep it up. Now, if you have your nights are early. What I like you to do, if you know you've got to get up, say at six o'clock in the morning, count back and then it'll give you some indication what time you need to go to sleep so you get the right amount of sleep in. Okay, so let's try and count back and then we can see. Now I'm saying nine hours. You may be a person who doesn't need nine hours. You may be a person who definitely needs on That's nine me. Hours. I need my nine hours. <laughs> you know, and, and this is it. And everybody's different. And there's no wrong and right. Mm. It's just that you will see you, from you and your body if it's right for you. Mm, absolutely. I know. So you mentioned a bit earlier about adrenaline. And I think it was the first um, step that you were discussing um, there. And about how, you know, if you don't go to sleep when your body's telling you it's time to go to sleep, that that adrenaline can kick in and disrupt your sleep. If you're in a state where adrenaline is high in the body and you haven't gone to sleep at, at 10, 10.30 when you were meant to and it's now verging at 11.30 and the adrenaline's kicked in and you're laying there going, oh, my God, my body just doesn't want to go to sleep. And I'm getting frustrated. Pumping. Yes. And I'm getting more and more worked up. Yes. And I just, yeah. what, what are some tips that you have around that? First of all, get up. First get up. Because when you're like that, oh, my gosh, you're not going to win. it. You're not going to win. So get up. Either go and get something to drink 
or if you really can't, maybe you can just go to the bathroom and that'll be enough because I know sometimes I need to go to the bathroom, but you're sort of too lazy and you think, mm, I'll go to sleep and you toss and turn and toss and turn. You walk to the bathroom, you go, you come back and you're more relaxed. So that very often helps. If you're really beyond that, no harm in having a cup of tea or switching on your music or doing breathing exercises. Now, I'm happy to give you one breathing exercise that's very quick and easy. And why I like this is you can do it anytime, not that you'll go to sleep, but anytime that will relax you and bring you down from that hopped up stage. Now, those people in lockdown and are living with someone may find it quite good to do quite often because I have a husband who cannot stay still for one minute <laughs> and this lockdown is not kind to him and it's torture to me so it's really helpful so what it is is it's just a very simple breathing exercise as you start it as you learn to do it you get sometimes a little dizzy because we're holding breath and things like that. The more you do it, the easier it is and the better. And it's so easy to do it while you're in bed or while you're sitting here, you know, you don't need to count to 10. And of course there is counting sheep. Remember our moms used to say count yes. sheep? You think, God, I'm on 112. When is it going <laughs> to work? You know? Anyway. So what we do is put our tongue behind our teeth, and it's so simple. It's four, seven, eight. So what we do is breathe in through our nose for four, hold our breath for seven, breathe out through our mouth for eight. We then do it again. In for four, hold for seven, out for eight. Do you want to try it and I'll count? Oh, God, yes. Let's go for it. Okay. Okay. In for four, two, three, four. Hold two, three, four, five, six, seven. Out through your mouth. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Again. In, two, three, four. Hold. Out. Oh, my God. You feel so much more relaxed even. Like so the- what you're doing while you're lying there, what's actually happening is you are counting mm. and your focus of everything is counting and breathing. So when we stress, we stop breathing properly and we focus on what we are focused on. So... Like with my husband, instead of me switching off when I can hear him on the phone, I find I'm listening to what he's doing instead of switching off. So by counting, you're focusing on you and what you're doing and forget. So what you would do is just carry on doing that until you actually stop and you're, you know, you fall asleep. Yeah, absolutely. And would you recommend for those who suffer with mental health illnesses, 
Um, is that a really good tip for them? And do you have anything else you would recommend? Great for them. It's great. You know what? With anxiety and depression, there's two things. Sometimes they fall asleep like that because they're so exhausted, medication, various things, and they just fall asleep and then they wake up. Then we've got the problem of them thinking to themselves, I should be sleeping, I've got to sleep because when I sleep, it's better for me. And sleeping, so what's going to happen is tomorrow I'm going to be so stressed and I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to fall asleep at my desk. So instead of that, try a couple of the breathing. If it's not helping, it's no good tossing and turning in bed. Get up. Either make yourself a cup of tea and go back to bed or get a boring magazine, one of those trashy things, <laughs> and just look at the pictures or whatever, and then it's taken your mind off anything. Then go back to bed, lie there, and do some breathing. It is no good lying in bed, tossing and turning. Because all that happens is you get all worked up. Get more up. and more worked up. Yeah, absolutely. And you cannot unwind to relax. So there's no harm in going through our bedtime routine again. Okay, you're not going to shower again or whatever, but you would relax, do a bit of breathing. If you're doing stretching, there's no harm in doing a little bit of stretching. Just go back to your routine and reset yourself and then try again. That's great advice. I'm curious to know, Cheryl, with your absolutely incredible wealth of knowledge, what is the best piece of sleep advice that you've been given? You know, one of the most important things is, which I tell all the mums and I tell all my clients, don't worry about what happened yesterday or last night. Let's not worry, let's think about tonight. Don't worry or think about what's going to happen tomorrow. Let's focus on today. So only focus on the now. What happened, we're going to fix. Or it's no good, so we'll change it. What's going to happen tomorrow, we never know. So let's get tonight right. And then if it's not right, we'll change it for tomorrow, but we'll handle it then. So let's handle each day as it comes. It's so much easier than looking at this huge, big picture that's the world out there that nobody, I mean, who ever would have thought of COVID? <laughs> it's if you had to worry about everything it would just be exactly. <laughs> let's just handle today let's just find one gratitude thing that we can say wow I smiled at a person today and they were happy or just any small little thing is so useful mm, absolutely I like for us we yeah. do it for us you know, if we help somebody, we're helping ourselves. Well, it's like it comes back to that first thing that you said, you've got to put your own mask on first. 
Yeah. And do you have a favorite sleep quote or motto that you really enjoy that you want to share? Well, I just think that just let's focus on today and enjoy today and have a good sleep. And that's that's my best motto. Let's just, you know, work today and, yeah, just, just love the people you love and the ones that don't make you feel good, just leave them. Mm, I'm all for that, Cheryl. I'm all for that. Yeah. Uh, and lots of people that are high maintenance, leave them for somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, do you know what, it's such wise words though. Would you, could you share a little bit more about your business? Obviously you, you run your own business right now. It is in COVID. How can people find you, book appointments? What do you, what do you have on offer as your service? What I do is everything on um, Zoom and it works so well because I work with people all over the world and how lucky we are with technology. I mean, I, I sometimes go to remedial classes for my technology, but I get there, you know. It's hard for us older people to <laughs> well you're doing focus. really well <laughs> <laughs> to focus on it but yeah it makes absolutely no difference where you are and the biggest most important thing is for you to know there is professional help out there so rather than read and read and this piece of information tells you that and that information tells you that and you get so confused, listen to one person. And that's the person that can help you. So if it's a professional doctor or somebody that you need to see about your sleep apnea or any, you know, illness that you've got, just get the right person. You must be able to connect with them and you'll be fine. I'll be popping all the links to your website and your Instagram page in the show notes so everyone can check that out. I'm also aware that Cheryl does offer some great um, consultation services to people who have babies. Um, So you do work in that sphere as well. So any newborn mothers that are listening and are needing some, a little helping hand, Cheryl is there to help you as well. Otherwise, Cheryl, thank you so much for offering us your time today. It has been such a pleasure and I have learned so much. So thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me and good luck, everybody. I have a phone that I'm always got next to me and there's an email. So just send me any questions with the greatest of pleasure I'll answer. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Wow. I hope you enjoyed it. I release new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you hit subscribe or follow and tune in next week. Otherwise, in the meantime, you better come join us on Instagram at thewowpodcast underscore for more updates. Lastly, a friendly reminder that the information shared in this podcast is general advice only and does not take into account your personal situation or needs. Where appropriate, please consult a professional first. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. (laughs) 